0: This show was created for you, the broken Catholic who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Dan Mayhu. You can find him at danmayhew.net. He is a former high school teacher and has served as associate pastor of a congregation of about 1,200 people in Portland. With international renewal ministries, he has facilitated pastors' prayer summits, bringing leaders of all denominations, I'm a big fan of that, bringing them together, unifying and all denominations and traditions together for prayer. That's one thing we can all agree on. We need prayer. We need to speak with our Heavenly Father. We need to speak with Jesus. We need help. We need to remember we are not our own saviors. Look at the pandemic. There's your proof. We are in control of nothing. In 1990, Dan began a community of home-based churches called the Summit Fellowships. He is a requested uh, speaker and facilitator of workshops related to house churches in which he encourages Christians to reevaluate traditional methodology and structures in response to what he sees as the changing world of the American church. Dan is also a writer and small time publisher at Two Worlds Media. Dan and his wife, Jody, live in Portland, Oregon. They have been married for 48 years, praise God, have three children and almost seven grandchildren. So talk about a fruitful man. That is awesome. Dan, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you, Joseph. I
1: appreciate the opportunity to be here. I don't know how many gaps I can fill in. I know that uh, one thing that, I, that people are often interested in is the fact that my wife and I have been on our journey of faith together uh, since the very same moment in the honeymoon suite of the Benson Hotel here in Portland 48 years ago, and uh, a lot of people find that to be interesting. But uh, one of the things that uh, has has etched itself across our journey has been the fact that we've been on this journey together, and uh, that has been something that uh, that has has informed uh, what we do and who we are. Uh, beyond that, we've um, I think you've pretty well that pretty well covers it. Uh, I'm I'm not here as a success story. I'm here as just somebody that's on the journey with the rest of us. And uh, so, uh, as we're on the journey, we just continue to, to seek the Lord about uh, where, where's the next turn to take. So,
0: cool, Dan. What's it like uh, to hear your whole life summed up in 30 seconds?
1: <laughs> it's you know it's pretty intimidating. You say, well, yeah, I guess that's about it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 30 seconds. And, and uh, that pretty well takes care of it. No, yeah. I, you know, as, as well as I do, all of those things leave out so many key, key parts and things that have been formative in your, in your life experience that uh, uh,
0: the best it can be is just a, just a summary. Yeah, I get that. So Dan, take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life or in your ministry actually know.
1: a lot of people would uh, would probably be surprised at uh, at my own lack of confidence you know uh, sometimes uh, some of us are gifted with the ability to put on a front that says hey you know this this guy's got it together and uh, that would not be an an accurate view of my inner landscape i do a lot of um, (laughs) i do a lot of uh regretting and all of that kind of thing and it's not helpful but uh, that's the kind of thing we have to work our way through. Particularly those of us that are, that uh, that have, you know, had experiences in their lives that uh, that have uh, that one would count as as regrettable. Although I haven't had a lot of those, but those uh, those do tend to, those do tend to come up a lot in my in my quiet time. Can't imagine. I can't tell you how many times I've apologized to the Lord for things,
0: and He says, "Forget about it." You know. I was very New York. I like it. <laughs> Forget about it. All right. So, Dan, let's go there for a second, right? Because on the show, we get real about what's real, mm-hmm. right? Because we're all struggling with something, and you just were courageous enough to share, hey, I do a lot of regretting. You made a verb out of it. I like it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, You know, sometimes we have things in our past, right? In our history that we're still carrying. God let go of a long time ago. As soon as we asked for forgiveness, he Mm -hmm. threw it into the ocean, right? And it sunk. And there we are trying to steal it back. Why? Why do we do that, in your opinion? Why are we holding on to that stuff when God's saying, forget about it? Why are we remembering it?
1: You know, I don't know what... I can't speak for other people. I just do it, I think, just because... uh, deep down inside, we all want to get it right. And so when we don't get it right, we know it. And uh, so a lot of my regrets, it it doesn't doesn't have anything to do with with having plunged into the depths of debauchery or anything like that. Uh, They're just things that I wish had gone different. You know, when I think back on my years as a high school teacher, for example, uh, there were a a lot of things which would be considered success stories in how we how I navigated through those classroom years. But the things I tend to remember are the things that just didn't go right. Plays that I performed that we shouldn't have, played, we shouldn't have done. Uh, things that uh, cues that I may have missed that might have helped the student. And those are the things that tend to pop to the to the surface. And I don't know why that happens, except that we have a, I think we have an unbalanced expectation of ourselves that we really ought to be able to do it right. And the truth is we can't none of us gets it right. And I love what Brennan Manning said. He, he said, uh, God loves us for who you are, not for who you should be, because none of us is who we ought to be. You know, and it, that's something that we have to get, we have to get used to. I am not as I ought to be, but the fact is I can't be what I ought to be.
0: I am so, what I am. So I hear that. So why do we still hold on to it and let it occupy our brain space? When we could be using that for creating and doing and serving and, and not saying that we're not, but we could do it at a greater capacity if we weren't spending all that time dragging the past along with us like a ball and chain.
1: You know what I think maybe is happening with me right now is that those moments of, of regret or disappointment, they pop into my head and now I'm aware of them. And who knows, maybe from this conversation, someone will also become aware of them and let them be the cue. Let them be the thing that kicks you into, wait a minute, where are my gifts and graces? I'm not going to focus on what went wrong or what I did wrong or how I could have done something differently. Rather, I need to take this as a cue to uh, to discover a gift and a grace in my life. I have a little, I have a little folder in my one, my OneNote account. I, I keep my prayers and stuff in, in OneNote. Uh, I used to do Evernote, now I'm OneNote, but... Um, But uh, I decided what I needed on when one of those moments of reflection, I needed a folder called gifts and graces Mm -hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit to reach back into my life and find the things that were of, of value and could be considered a success story in the things of the Spirit. And so I've tried to do that, and it's easy to forget to do that, but I'm trying to use those moments of regret to remind me to look for the gifts and the graces in your life. They're there.
0: We just aren't used to finding them. I like that a lot. And if I could just add to that, um, uh, a buddy of mine, he, he said it this way. He asked two provocative questions for me, and they're simple questions, but I wasn't asking them. The first is, where is God showing up right now? And in, in your situation, maybe where was God showing up at the time? And, and we miss him right? We, we didn't see him, but he was there. So where is God showing up right now? And then where am I cooperating with God? That was the second question. Or am good I not? Questions. Those are good questions, right? Yeah, yeah. And that really made me think. And I was like, oh, man. And, and for me just now, you know, recently, um, you know, I'm recently married. Uh, we're going on one year coming up, and congratulations! Uh, yeah, thank you. And you're God a survivor. Bless- I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and God bless us with a beautiful daughter. Um, her name's Alora. and and where God's been showing up during this pandemic for me was with baby you know, just brand new life and joy all around us with the world just in its chaos and fear and all this other stuff. And here we are looking into heaven's eyes, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just with this little baby girl. And, and it was like, wow, God's showing up right there. And then, you know, where am I uh, cooperating with God? Well, during the pandemic, I'm inviting people over and, and people could judge me or whatever, but I'm inviting the in-laws over, you know, the grandparents and stuff like that. And of course, they have to sanitize their hands and do all this stuff. But, um, you know, just being an open door um, mm-hmm. for others to enjoy the joy that God has given to, to my wife and I. And that, and that was a cooperation of sorts. So I'm going to ask you the, those same two questions. And BC Nation, as you're listening right now, I'm asking you those same two questions that my friend gave. Where is God showing up in your life right now? And where are you cooperating with him? What do you got, Dan? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I think he's showing up in my life uh,
1: uh, in dealing with this issue. He's showing up in my life to point these things out. You know, he's saying, you know, Dan, I love you which is a very difficult thing when, you, when you're prone towards regrets and, and uh, fretting over your mistakes. You know, for you to actually think that God loves you, as Manning once uh, you know, said again, he said that he loves you. He desires, he not only loves you, he desires you. He's been waiting for you day after day, and he longs to hear the sound of your voice. And I, I, those are very difficult things. And when God, why is that? Tell me more. Well, you know, the inclination to 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 regret. I mean, if that's the first thing you see, your immediate conclusion is, well, that's what. That's the first thing God sees. He looks down and he sees what a what a steaming wreck uh, you are, and nobody else knows it but him and you. You know, that's what you think, and uh, even if you don't, even if you don't formulate it into words in your mind that's the the impulse you have that i must be here with my cap in my hand and a ready apology on my lips for the mess that i am as a person and your heavenly father looks at you and says i don't see a mess i see my son and you know, i have desired to be with you i have a i have a picture in my mind that where i often go in my morning prayer times where i'm um, where i'm sitting uh, on the front porch of a cabin somewhere on a lake. And I'm sitting out there by myself and the door opens and out comes Jesus. And he's got a, he's got a cup of hot chocolate and he sits down right. With or without marshmallows. Well, you know, I, I haven't paid attention. I have been so absolutely astonished that there, that the Lord wanted to come and sit down with me. I forgot to notice, but he sits down with me and we just sit and, one of the things that I'm inclined to do is just kind of sit. I'm on the Enneagram. I'm a nine, which means peace is very important to me <laughs> and serenity. And what's cool about the, my heavenly father is that he is very happy to sit with me because he's got all the time in the world and then some. Yeah. So, so those, as I go through those moments, those times, that's when I'm able to, to just stop the regret that's not helpful and really live into the fact that I have a heavenly father who loves me in spite of it. And that's, that's I, I think, part of, that's what God is doing with me in my life. And th- another thing that he's doing is teaching me focus. You know, there's a very, uh, uh, there's something that uh, I've written down in my journal a number of times, and it has to do with defining the boundaries of my attention. What are the boundaries of my attention? And the image that I get is uh, when I was a kid and I used to play with little soldiers, you know, toy soldiers about two inches high. And we used to get out, my friends and, and and I would get out a blanket, big fluffy quilt kind of blanket, and we'd plop it down and see what kind of caves and roads and hills were formed on that blanket. And we could we could uh, have mock wars on the landscape that we had created with a blanket. It had to be brown, it had to be a brown blanket because after all. But what we learned, uh, what I learned from that is that sometimes it's necessary to, to create a layout, to define the boundaries of your attention. And that's one of the things that the Lord is working with me on. It has for quite some time. Dan, focus. Define the boundaries of your attention. Let me
0: be the judge of what's important. Hmm. So, this show is unscripted, <laughs> and we allow God to lead the conversation. and And here we are, Dan. I didn't know fifteen minutes ago we'd be talking about regret. Neither did I. Believe me,
1: it's probably not something that I would have uh, that I would have put down on any kind of show notes. But, uh, you know, you ask me, well, what's, what's going on inside that bag of skin in yours of yours? And, <laughs> and uh, so there you go. You know, there are, there are a lot of things that people don't know that uh, they, they think I probably am a lot more confident than I am, particularly when you're pushing 70.
0: Yeah, right. And it, listen, I am, I'm, I'm a fan of letting God lead conversations because it opens up uh, to new adventures. And I think this is something many of us. Are struggling with we struggle with regrets for my past we struggle with shame we struggle with guilt we hold on to it even though we've gone to God and asked for forgiveness we truly do feel some of us that God has forgiven us maybe we got to that point which is awesome but we refuse with almost a stubborn defiant nature to forgive ourselves And our heavenly father looks down upon us with pain, seeing us hurting, seeing us suffering, and he can't take it away because it's our free will. And we're choosing to pretty much abuse ourselves or do self-harm by sitting there with those negative thoughts and just running those scenarios over and over and over again that we can't change. They happened at one place in time. And, and as you said very well, it's not working for us to just run these scenarios over and over again. But what does work, Dan, is also what you said. And that, BC Nation, is, the, is a gift from Dan to you, is visualize God just coming and sitting with you. Maybe it's this imagery that Dan used and it's, you know, you're at a cabin on the lake or maybe it's a, a beautiful condo on the ocean or whatever your, your imagination uh, comes up with. But imagine the Lord coming and just sitting with you, not asking anything from you, just sitting with you and looking at you with love. And all he wants to do is just be with you. With Imagine all your that. brokenness, right? Imagine <laughs> yeah. that. With all your brokenness, mm. all your imperfections, the whole reason Jesus came to this world is because of our brokenness. Yeah. Have you? Um,
1: go ahead. I was going to say, have you ever noticed in John three sixteen? You know, it's a verse that we are. Uh, <laughs> Wendell Berry in his novel Jaber Crow* pointed this out to me. Um, that. In John 3.16, it begins with, for God so loved the world. Now, this was before the Lord Jesus came upon the scene. It was before the crucifixion. It was before uh, that event in Bethlehem, as Barry puts it. He loved the world with all of its imperfections, with its hatred, with its despair, with its brutality, with its selfishness, with its... uh, it's violence. That's the world that he loved and sent his son into. Well, now, surely if he loved an entire planet enough to send his son into the world, in that kind of condition, he is certainly able to send his spirit into the world of your imperfection. And I I look at that, and that is almost now a daily part of my my times of prayer remembering that that god so loved the world the mess that it was but he still sent his son into it and he's doing the same with me
0: dan i want to contribute to your life and to my listeners life right here right now and god brought this up so this is where we're going what needs to happen for you to finally let go and listen to god And forget about it and let go of all the regrets all the mistakes all the i could have done betters what needs to happen for you
1: i think it's a matter of embracing the journey i'm not sure the lord is going to let those things go um try to remember the verse i think it's isaiah 25 where he says i even i have cast your transgressions far from you for my own sake, and your sins I will remember no more. That's right. okay. Now, what I realized as I read that was that uh, if anyone in the universe should have 20-20 memory to be able to remember with crystal clarity and high resolution everything that has happened in my life, it would be God Almighty, my Heavenly Father. Surely, he would be able to remember. It'd be like he has a, an eternal DVR that has recorded every one of my, my, the incidents in my life. And in that verse, it says, I have cast your transgressions far from you, and your sins I will remember no more. But don't miss something here. He didn't say he forgot your gifts and your graces. Apparently, he is more than willing to, to intentionally forget all of the brokenness that we have the, have left on in our, in our journey. But what he remembers with high resolution and in, in great detail, he remembers your successes, your gifts, your graces, your accomplishments your times of tenderness, the moments you held your child in your arms, you know, he sees those things and remembers them with clarity. But the other says he doesn't remember those. He chooses not to. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. And if we, uh, if we try to get off the journey, if we try to get off the track and just totally ignore you know all of all of the regrets i think we we may be robbing ourselves of the ability to stop and say wait my father forgot those things now let me let me turn a corner and let me enter into the gifts and graces of my heavenly father so i'm not sure that i'm 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 not sure i'm ever going to forget those things i think they're going to be there to remind me and i think the i think the important part is to is not to ignore that journey but
0: instead Accept his gifts and his graces. I hear that. And I'm going to push back a little with your permission. All right. <laughs> He's like, all right. You, you got about right to be wrong. Joseph is okay. <laughs> Very cool. I like it. All right. So I just, I hear what you're saying and I agree with what everything you just said. However, I want to create a distinction for our listeners that remembering My mistakes, my shortcomings, and how my heavenly father loves me through it all is good, is healthy. I agree. Dwelling upon my shortcomings, my mistakes, and letting that occupy my my mind, and letting the enemy enter in and beat the crap out of my identity as son or daughter of a loving God and attack you're not worthy, you're unlovable. You're a piece mm-hmm. of crap, and all that other negative self-talk and self-criticism that enters in when we dwell upon these mistakes, shortcomings, and regrets is not of God and a very dangerous, dangerous thing for us. So I wanted to create that distinction for our listeners out there. I, and Anything I could, you want to add? No, I don't know that I can
1: add to it. As a matter of fact, uh, that's, a, that's precisely what I would have said to clarify. It's one thing to remember. It is another thing to dwell. And you don't have to live there. And that's the mistake that I think most of us make. And you're pointing it out just brilliantly. If you dwell on it, if you decide to live, that's what we call stinking thinking, you know, that, uh, that, <laughs> that gets into you and pretty soon it weaves down into, the, into your heart and it destroys you. You don't have time for that. But to remember fleetingly and then forget it, you know, absolutely make the choice to forget it. That's what God did. He made the choice to forget. For, to forget. You know, it isn't that, it isn't that uh, he can't remember. I mean, we're not dealing with a, with a deity with dementia.
0: <laughs>
1: we're dealing with a God that chose to forget those things, and he invites us into that same, that same activity. You can enter that transaction as well. You don't have to dwell there. You do not have to live in those places of regret. It's toxic if you do. So stop it. <laughs> are you speaking to yourself right now? Yeah, yeah I'm, speaking, I'm speaking to all of us, you know, and I think exactly. the, you haven't seen the Bob Newhart clip of, uh, that he calls stop it. You know, it's just two words, S-T-O-P, new word, I-T, stop it, <laughs> you know, and instead go to, the, go to the fact that God does remember the things that are positive. But yeah, I agree with you completely, Joseph. You must not dwell there. And that, the only thing that those regrets are worth is a trigger is a trigger to drive you into the loving presence of
0: your heavenly father. There you go. So uh, typically I ask my guests, what are your top three spiritual uh, tips or insights, (laughs) you know, um, really to grow closer in our relationship with God. And you unknowingly or have shared these, and I'm just going to pull out from our conversation, um, what our guest, Dan Mayhew Um, has presented BC Nation. So the first step, imagine God just sitting with you and wanting to be with you in all your brokenness. That's step one. Number two, acknowledge your mistakes. Acknowledge your shortcomings. Acknowledge your regrets. Acknowledge. That's it. Step three, Focus your attention not on your regrets, don't give it attention because when you give it attention, man, you go down a very slippery slope very quickly. So, focus your attention on God's mercy mm-hmm. and God's love for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the trifecta Dan has presented. Imagine God just sitting with you, wanting to be with you, acknowledge your mistakes and shortcomings. He still wants to be with you, even with those. Then focus all your attention on His just loving gaze and His mercy for you. Mm-hmm. This is it, Dan. Anything you want to add to those three? Did I get it right? Or I wrong? would
1: just I would just say that when somebody sometimes people will ask me, you know, you know about prayer, which I think is is implicit in what you've what you've just laid out there, is if you're going to imagine yourself to be in the presence of God, that means you have to give time for that, and so many of us don't, you know, and so I would say that's, that's an important thing to add. The other part is when I'm asked about prayer, I often tell people that my most frequent prayer is uh, three words, Lord have mercy, <laughs> oh Lord have mercy, you know, because you know that, that's who Jesus was—mercy with feet on. You know, <laughs> uh, he walked around with uh, with mercy. You know, I, I sometimes think of the the burning bush, uh, the burning bush uh, experience that Moses had, and he he was he was attracted to the bush not because there was a bush that was on fire, it's because it wasn't it wasn't being converted into ash and and cinders. It was being burned without without uh, being consumed and. So there, the bush was in the presence of of fire and not consumed. And that's the advantage that we have in Jesus. We can come before a holy God and not be consumed because we are clothed in his mercy. And that's an important reality when we're dealing with our regrets. You know, uh, Jesus came as as an act of mercy. He was the... um, It was the introduction of the the whole spirit of mercy that's to inform our lives. And it's because of him that we can enter into the presence of holy fire, if you will, and not be consumed just like that bush, you know. So uh, those are important realities that um, sometimes I think need to be set next to our failures and then disregard the failures, because what's important is the reality of the presence of God and us in the presence of God, and being
0: welcomed there,
1: you know, so.
0: BC Nation, I hope you're enjoying our fireside chat here with Dan Mayhu. <laughs> you can find him at Danmehu.net, Uh What an awesome, courageous uh, witness of his own life, his own struggles, his own challenges. I hope you connected in a deep, powerful way, as I did, um, and that you leave this conversation uh with a a new commitment a commitment to finally once and for all let go of your regrets to forgive yourself and to focus your attention on god's mercy for you and to move forward in what god is calling you to do but we need that out of the way we need the regrets out of the way Mm -hmm. to create that open space all right so dan welcome to my favorite part of the show welcome to the confession round this is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick-fire questions. You'll have about three <laughs> seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready, except what do you think has been going on for the last 30 minutes? What's the, what's you know, all right, go for he's, it. He's like, haven't I confessed enough? <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what do you want, blood? Uh, <laughs> Dan, what is your favorite thing
1: about God? My favorite thing about God is that he loves me. In spite of it all, he loves me yes. and that he is my heavenly father. And what a wonderful, what a wonderful name to hallow. You know, when he says, hallowed be thy name, well let's let's set aside that name father for special attention. So that would be my favorite. What's your least favorite thing about God? When he <laughs> You know, C.S. Lewis said he wants us to learn to walk, so therefore he must take away his hand, and then he can be pleased even with our stumbles. That's my least favorite thing, that he's willing to let us stumble, although it's necessary for it to learn to walk. So, yeah.
0: I'm doing great. that with my own daughter. Yeah, there you I, go. I let her cry it out. I let her, you know, just learn. Otherwise, and you, she's not prepared for life. And if you can do that, certainly we should expect our own Heavenly Father to be doing that, too. Yeah. So uh, typically I ask what's your number one struggle, but I think the whole show you shared that. So thank you for that. Dan, what are you most afraid of?
1: Uh, <clears throat> I think, I think I think I would be the thing I'd be most afraid of if I were to be honest, which I suppose we're, we're trying to be, is as you get older, you worry about, you're worrying about slipping into irrelevance. Mm. So uh, nobody wants to be irrelevant. You know, it's, uh, yeah. And so maybe that's what I'm most afraid of, but it doesn't keep me
0: up at night. The other things may keep me up at night, but not that. <laughs> Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Oh, worrying about what I was going to do in my 30s. <laughs> that's clear. <laughs> that's, that is that, clear.
1: I spent the whole my whole 20s worried about, uh, desperately worried that, that I was going to wind up in a dead end job doing stuff I hated. And I, I frittered away my 20s worrying about that stuff. And if I, there's anybody that's, that's 20 in your 20s that, that uh, are, are doing that, oh, I've just got two words to say to you. Stop it. It's going to it, it's gonna work. It's going to come. It's going to work.
0: And I think that applies to your 30s and your 40s, your <laughs> 60s and your 70s, etc. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Secret fear about people. I don't know how much of a secret it is. Um, you know, we work in a network of home-based churches, and sometimes I, my, I think my fear of people is that they become isolated from one another. And at, during this time of pandemic, if there's anything that, uh, that underscores that, uh, it, would be, it would be that. You know, the Lord call, commanded us. Uh, make, that takes it out of the realm of a feeling. He commanded us to love each other. And if we're going to love each other, that means we have to make an intentional effort to do that. I worry that we can allow ourselves to be too isolated, and we weren't meant to be that. So,
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of doing life together with Mm -hmm. people that don't look like me, don't act like me. I do life with atheists. I do life with agnostics. I love them. That's what love looks like. It's doing life with them. Jesus did life with them right? He went with the tax collectors, the prostitutes. He did life with them. People judged him for it. So what do you, um, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God?
1: Oh, it goes back to what this whole discussion has been about. I I wish I had learned sooner that insight that comes from Isaiah, that though he may choose to forget our transgressions and not remember our sins, I wish I had learned earlier that he remembers our gifts and graces, uh, with clarity. That, that is something that, that I wish I had learned earlier. I also, there's a second thing, if I may. The other thing is uh, not to aspire to be wise. Uh, for a lot of my younger life, uh, it always appealed to me to have a, a, a layer or a degree of wisdom. And the trouble is, when you aspire to have wisdom, you sometimes act as though you do. And quite often, you don't. And if there were, some, there were some regrets, if anything, that fueled some of those regrets, it's that I tried to behave too young, as though I had so much blasted wisdom that, it was, that, that I, could, I had something to offer. And sometimes I hurt people as a result. The good news is, God doesn't remember that. He remembers that he loves me.
0: Well, Dan, I think you just called me out. So thank you, touche. <laughs> um, uh, what is a new habit you want to form?
1: Oh, it, it falls into the I, something I've already said. And that is learning that I need to learn the habit of focusing, focusing my attention better. Uh, I tend sometimes to, to scatter. My mind will go in about a dozen different directions. And consequently, I, I don't go in any one. You, know, you can't go in all directions at once. You have to choose one and that's a, a skill that i think uh, needs to be practiced and i'm i'm working on it i'm not sure how successful i am yet but uh, the the idea of focusing my attention and not allowing myself to to be actually paralyzed paralyzed by uh, too many choices we give ourselves too many choices and it's a paralysis and uh, we we really oughtn't do that if we're going to be successful in any one of them Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? <laughs> you, you keep going back to the same. <laughs> that's a that's a bad habit that I want to break. I would like to break the habit of of uh of being scattered. And it is a habit. It is a way of thinking and those die hard. The way that goes what the things that go on between your ears. You know, you might be able to get a handle on eating more healthy or stopping smoking or whatever. But when it's the way you think, wow, that is, that's a habit that is a tough one to break. So, uh,
0: My good friend, uh, christophonic uh he says, the battle between heaven and hell happens between our ears. Oh, boys, how true it is. How true it is, right? Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, <clears throat> reflective
1: uh encouraged uh and boy, what would that third one be <laughs> reflective encouraged and uh, i don't know that i got a third one it would come but i don't know, i know we don't have time
0: for me to sit here and be reflective uh i'm gonna say <laughs> transparent oh okay well you yeah. were very transparent today and and you shared with the world um uh, you know, your struggles mm. and uh, your challenges. And, and in doing so, that's a gift for others to see themselves. And uh, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. Pick three words. I wasn't, words to, I wasn't worried about it until you just said it in those terms. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. You spiritually were naked to the world. Well done. Uh, pick three words to describe uh, who you uh, were before. Before you experience God's forgiveness and love and mercy in your life, self-absorbed, I think, uh, fretful,
1: worried—I um, think that would be another one. And uh, I think probably, if, if it's not a—it's not a word—but but lacking self-confidence,
0: there is a certain amount of that that's necessary to be able to move forward. Got that. And last question. Dan, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about anything, life, eternity, all of it, what would you say to them? I would say, do not be afraid. Don't worry. Don't fret.
1: You can trust him. That's
0: what I would say. Don't fret, don't regret. (laughs) Love it. Do not be afraid. Jesus you can says trust it. them. Yeah. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God and letting go of all their regret, shame, guilt versus not? It's a journey. Uh, I don't know that you. we can expect
1: to flip a switch and suddenly everything becomes, becomes clear and the fog blows away. I think it's a journey and don't... Uh, don't neglect the journey. Uh, we think so much of in terms of destination. Well, it's not so much destination as it is the journey, because the destination is in the hands of your Father. And so that's, I think, what I would, I would tell you. Just the journey will unfold, and as long as you allow the Lord to stand at your shoulder and say, this is the way, walk in it, it's going to be fine.
0: I'm going to add this one little thing to that, Dan, because I just feel compelled to. And I'm going to put myself (laughs) out there because you've done that more than enough graciously on the show. When I was uh, struggling with a certain type of addiction, um, I was working on it. I had a good intention. I really wanted to change. um, But I was relying on myself to undo it, to get rid of it, to fix it, to cure myself. And I hear this often um, in many circles, hey, I'm working on it, or I need to work on it. It may or may not have come up once or twice in this conversation, here's something I'm working on. And you're right, you're absolutely right, that takes years, Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes a lifetime, when we work on it, because we're relying on ourselves, and when I was working on my addiction, it took years and with very little progress, very little. Um, and I, I bet you I could honestly say I would probably be still working on it or it could have lasted a lifetime if I continue to rely on myself to get that out, that addiction, that, that sinfulness. Um, but here's the switch. And, and it's just I want to share this with BC Nation because I'm a huge fan and believer that when we work on things, it could last forever. When we finally spiritually surrender them to God and say, God, I don't have a clue. I am tired of relying on myself. I'm tired of working on it. I'm tired of trying to fix it myself. It's not working. I father, I surrender it to you. I surrender to you blank this addiction, whatever it is, remove it. I give you permission, come in and clean house. Even if it costs me everything, use force if necessary. And Dan, when I did that and meant it, he did the clearing. He came and did it. I, and it was almost effortless for me. All of a sudden it got uprooted. It wasn't there anymore. I didn't do anything. I didn't need to work on it anymore. God took it. And I no longer battle that addiction at all. It's gone. It's like a distant memory. I don't even recognize that guy anymore. Yeah. So I just give that as a gift to you, to my listener. If you're battling something right now, stop working on it. Stop mm-hmm. relying on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Be God-reliant. Surrender it. it. You have to say those words out loud. Father, I surrender to you blank. I give you permission to remove Blank. And use force if necessary. Yeah. And then believe he will. Because a good father will always answer that prayer for his precious child. Always. Mm. So, sorry, I went off on a rant, bud. No, that's a good word, brother. Good word. I had to speak that, bro, because I am a living witness to to God's power in, in you know, removing the stuff we can't. Yeah. And most people give up too soon. Uh, they They...
1: They don't realize as they, as they stumble through the forest at night trying to get back to the car, and then they, they, uh, they sit down next to a tree in despair because they can't walk another step, and then the, the, the morning light shines, and all of a sudden you realize that the parking lot is about 300 feet away. They just stop too soon, you know, and, and that's, that's what happens to a lot of us. We just stop too soon before, before we get to that place where the Lord says, oh, have you noticed?
0: <laughs> there's something missing in your life and it isn't a bad thing, you know? Yeah. All right. So we're speaking with Dan Mayhu. You can find him at net. He's my new hero. He came on <laughs> courageous. He spoke what we were all thinking. And I really acknowledge him for that. Uh, Dan, what's the best way for BC nation to get in touch with you? If they so choose, what are you up to? What do you got? Well, there's probably, well, we have two or three websites that, uh, that we, that we do our
1: our ministry work through one's called tween 2 worldsus the other one is called twoworldsmedia.com uh, the other one uh is the sum is summithome.org which is the house churches but probably the best place to get at all of them because they're linked is probably at Dan Mayhew, danmayhew.net. is and uh, there are links to everything including some of my my uh, uh efforts at writing so <laughs> But uh, that would probably be the, the best place, www.danmayhew.net.
0: All right, BC Nation, if you like Dan as much as I do, and if you really connected with his story, reach out to him. Go find him at danmayhew.net. Dan, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Same back at you. Appreciate being here. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000 because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness, so stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.